It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hey, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6 o'clock this evening, 356-9397 is the telephone number. Sports editor of the News Gazette, Matt Daniels, is all saddled up. How you doing there, young man? Doing well, Steve. How are you? Scott Ritchie in the studio as well. Some basketball news to talk about. And Bob Osmussen is with us on the telephone. Bob, how are you getting along? Not hearing Bob for some reason. I know why. How about now, Bob? You got me. I hear you. I I just said I'm great, and I said it again. I'm I'm great still. Did so, uh, Did Julie or Murphy or the kids look at you weird at all, Bob? Why? Well, do you just you repeated yourself, so that's why. <laughs> I'm I'm in my office. I'm I'm away from them. Okay. They're dead to me. Not wow. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You never, things you have never, turned in the Austin household. A prime example I, I of you no never know what Bob is going to say right there. Sure. Good point. Anyway, Steve wants to move on. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I was just kind of letting you guys go at it there a little bit if you wanted to, but we'll, we'll go on. We'll talk about the uh, Illinois win over Rutgers. 23-20 was the final there. Some uh, basketball news. Uh, let's start with that, Scott Ritchie, with uh, – the NCAA coming out uh, today with an interesting proposition when it uh, comes to the NCAA basketball tournament. And the more I thought about it throughout the day of having it all in one general area, i.e. Indianapolis, the home of the NCAA offices, I thought it was a great idea. Well, I mean, I think it is. And it might be the the only way that they can pull off the NCAA tournament uh, successfully. And that goes from having first and second round slash regional games in 13 different sites to one. And I think what the basketball tournament first showed and the NBA, WNBA, NHL, National Women's Soccer League, uh, a bubble or this would be sort of bubble adjacent works. It might be the I mean, the MLB pulled off its season somehow and for a while there it kind of looked like maybe it wouldn't, but I think a bubble is a safer proposition in terms of getting games played. Uh, in a pandemic. Well, and I think what it does too is it really limits the. If you have, and again, I think we all can agree we we love March Madness, we love the NCAA tournament, we love what it brings to different cities throughout the country. But what it potentially does is it limits all the different possibilities of restrictions and protocols and guidelines that are in place in various states across the country, and just makes it one centralized location. Now, are they going to play all sixty-seven games in one? gym one arena in, in indianapolis no that's that's not feasible that's not realistic you'd be playing a lot of just 24 hours straight of basketball for True. weeks but i mean you've got uh, what banker's life field house over there which is was supposed to host the big 10 tournament this past march you've got hinkle field house in indianapolis ooey pooey's got a a nice arena you also think of it too indiana and basketball high school basketball there's tons of 
well and even then you don't really need that big of an arena since there likely won't be any fans there but just the fact that it's all going to be contained in this one environment i think right now given the status of the pandemic and what it's like in the country i think that gives hope to a lot of people that this is the best chance that they could pull off the NCAA tournament. You've got uh, Bloomington and West Lafayette exactly. not that far That's away. That's true as well. And Henkel mm-hmm. is right, right there on the Butler mm-hmm. campus. And you know, the Final Four is going to be in Indianapolis anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. They'll play those games Lucas at Oil Lucas Oil Stadium. Stadium. Yeah, so right, maybe you play a few more games there. It's yeah. possible. Or honestly, you could put two basketball courts exactly. down. Uh, on be like a Conference USA tournament. Which, which is what they do. Yeah. Or they so, have done down in, uh, down in Arlington. So there's lots of options in the the greater Indianapolis area, um, and I guess you know I saw where Dan Gavin said they had discussed this with a few other cities, but Indianapolis is by far and away their and first if, choice. And if they want to, I mean, it's only ninety minutes away from Champaign. I'm all for them having NCAA tournament games at State Farm Center. Just putting that out there for any uh, except per committee. NCAA rules, Illinois wouldn't be able to play on its home court. That's true, but would it matter without any yeah, fans yeah. there? I don't know. <laughs> Just saying. Interesting stuff. Now, when are we going to get the Big Ten schedule? <laughs> Maybe they're waiting to hear this news. I don't know. I I mean, in theory, they don't have to release it until they're going to play a game. That's right. not going to be until probably mid-December would be my <laughs> guess, and I stress guess on that. So it could be another month before we know. Or... They could do like pretty much every other conference in the entire country has done, and just give us the schedule. Maybe I, I'm just, not sure. I'm not sure what's holding things up. Maybe they're trying to figure out their track record with releasing schedules. Yeah, well, they don't want to shoot their shot too early, but maybe they're trying to figure out a way to, for lack of a better term, to bubble it up. Yeah, to where they might have a central location and four or five teams, and over the course of Five or six days. Yeah, I mean, play that way. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of what the, what could be holding it up. I mean, there's all sorts of uh, I'm sure scenarios out there. I don't really think the Big Ten wants to put have Nebraska play at Rutgers on a Tuesday night, and then Saturday they travel back and play at Iowa. Who Iowa was just at Minnesota. I'm just throwing some potential hypotheticals out there at all, but. Maybe they do a scenario where they bring in a team for a weekend, like you're seeing a lot of college conferences do that are playing sports right now in the fall and, and volleyball and, and soccer and the Big Ten starting it out in, in hockey uh, here recently that they're going to bring in two teams to one location and play two games in a two or three day span. Yes, that may mean that teams don't play you know home and home per se, but the fact that they could get two games in, I think, is is more important than the fact that they're going to have to travel and, and add in all those other uh, potential logistic pitfalls that could come. And in a, one of those pitfalls could be the officials. How do you deal with them? And at least in that kind of scenario, you could keep officials there for however long that you, you have the teams there and you don't have those guys running around all over the country and and uh, eating in restaurants when they can and and driving or flying, and uh, those, those are the, the guys that would probably be the most susceptible, given the fact that they're a little bit older as well. Yeah, it, it's an interesting dilemma that you you have, and uh, again, this is a crazy idea that just popped into my head, but it's 2020, so I think all ideas aren't as crazy as we thought they were before the pandemic, but maybe you just, in a centralized location, maybe you say here in Champaign-Urbana, there's plenty of 
quality high school basketball officials. Now, I'm not saying this is ideal by any means, but that way it allows teams to control who is entering into the building. Maybe you just do that. Again, I don't think that's going to happen. They'll, I'm sure, work out some some situation. But Scott's written about this before where that is one of Brad Edwards' big concerns yes. is the travel of the officials because, as Scott wrote, too, that – you have officials that last season were calling, you know, 20 games in 21, 22 nights and traveling all over the country. And, and I don't think that a lot of coaches and players and athletic directors and administrators really want that happening this winter. Yeah, and just as an example, um, last season the, the year started on November 5th. Roger Ayers officiated every day of the month except for one from the 5th through the 30th and was like in 13 different states. So that really doesn't fly, I'm pretty sure, in 2020. Yeah. No, I don't think so either. It'll be interesting. 519 is the time. This is Monday Night Sports Talk. Some other basketball news, any recruiting news outside of Ty Ty, what's his name, picking uh, Creighton, Ty Ty Washington. Ty Ty went bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, well, that I've said that a few times today, so you? I just had to say that. That one radio. did not go in Elmo's favor last night, uh, the four-star guard out of Phoenix, Picked the, the Blue Jays instead of the Illini. But Illinois did land in the top four, uh, really just kind of before we went on the air, for four-star center Mac Etienne. Um, he's been sort of a priority target for a while now. Was one of the 2021 recruits Illinois got on campus in March before everything, you know, ended. And he's a guy that's not – I mean, the early signing period ends on Wednesday. He's – Unless things change, and you know, hey, it's recruiting, could he's most likely not going to sign until April. What game did he see? Indiana game. Yeah, yeah, I remember him here and seeing him, and uh, thought he was a good-looking guy. And so it's down to four, and Illinois is one of the four. Yeah, Illinois, Marquette, Miami, and UCLA. So kind of a, a interesting mix of locations there, but uh, hitting both coast and the Midwest. Yeah. Right, <laughs> but. These days, I mean, that, that means less, I think. Um, so what he, he was the Gatorade Player of the Year in Connecticut last season, and now he's set to play a senior season at Brewster Academy in New, New Hampshire. Hampshire. Yeah, so. Uh, New England area. So, yeah, he didn't, like, move across the country, but has switched teams, at least. 520, we're off and rolling. We'll take our first time out. We do have the phone lines open, 356-9397. We... We'll make Bob Osmussen happy and talk some uh, <laughs> Illinois football after this break. Stay with us on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Moving up on 525, Monday Night Sports Talk. Steve Kelly with Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen. Phone line is open, 356-9397. If you would like to join us, let's uh, say hello to Steve. Hey, Steve, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Hey, guys, I got a question for all of you. And I'm not convinced that with uh, no fans in the stands that colleges are trying to do the financial right thing. I don't know if you saw it today or heard today, but Illinois State is going to drive by Champaign on its way to Columbus, Ohio, to play in Ohio State's tournament. And Wright State is coming from Ohio (laughs) to play in Champaign in their tournament. That doesn't make sense to me. So there must be money somewhere that these – colleges can go all over the place yeah and ohio is coming here to champagne right. next week as well so uh yeah that's uh, i guess the backward thinking 
I wouldn't, I don't know, hypocritical might be too harsh a word, but yeah, it's, it's strange. And, and we've talked about it on this show before too, when it comes to basketball scheduling, if you're the university of Illinois and you're looking to pick up some non-conference games, just, just go play Illinois state. They're 45 minutes away. Well, didn't you say during the break that EIU's driving right by here to yeah. go to Madison? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Panthers and, and Charleston are going to go up to Madison and, and play at Wisconsin next Wednesday night. I think, I don't, I think they've announced the start time for that. Which is crazy in the sense, too, that we're like eight days away from the start of college basketball, and it feels unlike any build-up to any type of season any of us can ever remember. That's because there's really no build-up. It's more just kind of crossing your fingers that the games are actually going to get played. You know, this is unlike any year than any other. Anything else, Steve? Well, the only thing I can say, does Illinois State have to pay all their expenses, or does Ohio State say, hey, we're going to give you so many bucks to come to Columbus? Madison is Wisconsin going to give Eastern so many bucks to drive up there? Who's footing the bill on all this stuff? I mean, you know, buy games have taken on a new definition. I think you know, it's just there's going to be less money you know available. But uh, I would imagine Wisconsin, Ohio State, mm-hmm. Illinois for its multi-team event, they typically pay all of the expenses you know for those teams to come and you know. And, Lots of cases, they get, those teams get extra money on top. Maybe that's gone. Well, you this can't year. give them a piece of the gate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the forty five family members that, <laughs> right. that came. But no, it's. I don't think that has changed, and I mean that's just the cost of doing business. And this is a a, a business, even though uh, it's staffed by unpaid workers. Good stuff, Steve. Thanks. Uh, the, okay, it, keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks, Enjoy Steve. listening today. Thank Thanks, you. Steve. Let's go to. We promised Bob that we would go back to uh, Illinois football to make sure he feels like he's a part of this uh, <laughs> program. So, Bob, let's give a, get your thoughts on the win at Rutgers. Is it a turning-the-corner win for Illinois, or is it just a win? Or are you, how, how are you looking at it? it? It was Rutgers, right? They weren't playing the, like the Giants or right, Jets, right? right? So I'd say, I'd say definitely not a turning-the-corner win. But definitely a good thing. They had to win a game at some point, you would think. And if they want to have any kind of streak like last year, I think that was the start of it. It had to be. And I think we thought all along, this is a game real little bit can win. But they also easily, if you think about it, could have lost that game. I mean, it was the, I, I would say almost argue that Rutgers lost that game as much as Illinois won. They uh, threw some bad, bad picks. They really did some things, really odd things terms of game plan, so I think it was more of Rutgers lost than Illinois won, but if you're Levy Smith, you take the win and come home and try to get another one. They go to Lincoln and win, I think you're going to see a chance for Illinois to win more games. If they come go to Lincoln and lose, I think it's going to be a start of big trouble. So we'll see how, where they are. Well, you realize, Bob, that the, the two games right after the trip to Lincoln are Ohio State and Iowa, right? Correct. And, so then, and then Northwestern, who's only undefeated. Correct. And then whoever they get from the other side, other side which apparently the Big Ten is never going to tell us how that's going to work. We know the champions are going to play, that's it. But, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Ohio State backing up this game, the this champion a week, a week and a half from now, that's a problem for Illinois. They're looking at that. So even if they win, they pull the miracle, and, and not miracle, but win a game against Lincoln, in Lincoln where they haven't won since. I don't know, Red Green's played in 24. 1924, so yeah. Right. First time in 95 years. And I think that will give them a chance to 
feel good about themselves going into Ohio State, but that game's going to destroy almost any kind of confidence they have because I've watched Ohio State, the games they've played this year, and they're they're the best team in college football in my mind. So certainly the best offense in college football. Well, they'll be able to score literally every time. The opening line on the game in Lincoln is Nebraska by 16, and that's a team that also just got its first win. Yeah, I think that seems seems fair, I'd I'd say. I mean, uh, Nebraska. No, a little steep. Okay. Uh, I mean, Nebraska beat Penn State, who before the season started, everyone was talking about as the team that could potentially unseat Ohio State and the Big Ten East, and we've all learned that that is not true as they're. Oh, and four. And right only... now, it'd be Illinois and Penn State playing in that <laughs> yeah, it would extra be. game. <laughs> the crossover very, team. Very strange. Probably yeah. uh, Very strange. But uh, yeah, it's. I, I don't think that's too steep at all. Uh, it's it's at Nebraska. I know there's going to be no fans in Lincoln there, but you still have to travel there and deal with all the logistical headaches that come with traveling in a, a COVID nineteen world and. Uh, Luke McCaffrey seems to have unseated Adrian Martinez as starting quarterback for the Cornhuskers, and uh, you know I think Nebraska is looking at this as a chance to really try to try to right themselves and and try to make something of a of their season. And I think too, just the way that Illinois somehow pulled off that win at Rutgers, I think is leading to a lot of potential skepticism around that. And you factor in two year. Lovey Smith and Rod Smith know who's going to start at quarterback on Saturday. They're just not telling anyone else, but. Illinois, I'll, I'll tell you. Illinois has some quarterback questions that need to be addressed. We'll let you know what Lovey Smith said about that uh, today, earlier today in just a moment. But uh, Adrian Martinez, when he sees the orange and blue, he might uh, <laughs> petition his coach to get him back in the ball game because he's had a couple of big games against uh, Illinois in the last couple of years. Yeah, he's had some huge games, one in 2018 out in Lincoln and then last year here in Champaign where – he pretty much spearheaded that that comeback to to beat Illinois and um, yeah, but Illinois' quarterback situation, I, I would imagine they're going to start Brandon Peters on Saturday. I don't know if that's the right call to make, but Isaiah Williams did just set a program record for 192 rushing yards. But I'm sure Scott Frost's defensive staff is going to be looking over every single play that Isaiah Williams ran this past week and uh, adjusting the, their scheme to that. So then it's going to be kind of how does Illinois counter that and and respond to that in, in, in that regard. But the offense at Illinois still has some issues. Uh, even though they did win this past Saturday, they were down for the majority. Of the, I mean, Illinois led for three seconds this entire season, which <laughs> right. is just stunning. They left – I mean, they they kept – I don't know how you, you actually – put this but they kept they're not really at least good 13 in, points off the scoreboard <laughs> when uh, they couldn't score on four downs from inside uh, illinois is one. proving is showing this year that anytime they're in first and goal situations that's they're that's not really a good thing for for them based on what they did against minnesota last saturday or two saturdays ago and then their their difficulty in finding the end zone uh, this past Saturday. So th- they've got a lot of issues they still need to clean up uh, before going to Lincoln. Back to the quarterback question. Here's about 30 seconds that uh, Lovey devoted to that in his um, press conference earlier today. Our starting quarterback has been out, and he's available this week. That's a good option. What I also saw is what our, our other quarterback was able to do this week. Uh, of course, I'm not going to, you know, say what our game plan would be. I would say that we have, you know, some good options going on going into this week. That's what I would say. And we're excited about that. 
we haven't practiced yet this week, so we can't wait to get on the practice field. We have a good plan as we go in Nebraska this week. Yeah, Monday's a day off. They'll get back to the uh, practice field tomorrow. And, Bob, your thoughts on Isaiah Williams and how he might be used from here on out? Well, he's definitely not going to start on Saturday. Well, I shouldn't say definitely because they something that could happen this week. I think Brandon Peters is definitely starting this week. And I think I think that Isaiah will play some. He'll have a package. He'll do something. And going, going back to Nebraska, McCaffrey is the starting quarterback there. Adrian Peters, Adrian Martinez is not going to – he may only play he plays if McCaffrey gets hurt. So that's where they are. I think Illinois is going to go with Peters. And I think that's honestly – and I heard Matt say this earlier. I think that is Illinois' better chance to beat Nebraska is with Peters at quarterback because if you give Nebraska one-dimensional offense to play against, which they would with the Williams – they will have much better time than they will against Peters, who can throw the ball, and they can all still, still run. So I think Peters definitely gets Illinois a better chance to win this game. But can he really throw the ball, Bob? I mean, he, who? Peters? Yeah. yeah. Better than Williams. Well, How about that? Better true. Than Williams. But... I know it will be better over time, but right now he can't throw the ball. So Peters is definitely better. He all his whole line in front of him, well, most of his line in front of him. He didn't he, throw the ball I, much I better, better against off. Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Peters is seven to seventeen on the season throwing the ball. Isaiah Williams is seven to twenty-one. So, right, and I look, I like the opponents. Uh, Wisconsin's defense is a little bit different than the one that Illinois is going to play on Saturday. Okay, let's say a ton different. They just killed with Michigan. They're a lot better. So I think Nebraska's defense is not overwhelming. They're they're better. I think they're still like 85th in the country though. So they're not very good. They get if you have guys breaking out in the open on in the secondary, Nebraska will have a problem with that game. So I think Peters definitely gets Illinois the better chance to win. No, I, no question in my in my head. Let's go back to the phones. John is with us on Monday Night Sports Talk. Go ahead, John. Uh, hi guys. Uh, uh, Lauren, in one of his columns a couple of years ago, I think it was last year, pointed out that one of the things that's going to occur is that there's, what, 24 individuals on the football team that are going to be graduating because of uh, exhausting eligibility and uh, coming to senior year. And so that's going to bubble as far as recruiting goes. So is Levy going to be able to fill all those uh, slots? Because that's an awful lot of starting minutes, especially on the offensive line. Most of, most of those guys can come back come back next year. This year doesn't count. So, no, oh, so those guys, the NCA the NCA has already said that. Yes. No, they're going they're going to say that. They're going to let everybody. If you play this year because all so it's such a mess. You're going to be able to come back next year, I think, unless they change their mind, which they always can do. Well, it's also the case for basketball too. So, this is kind of a free year. Well, it's the case for every free. single <laughs> right. NCAA sport. Right. This year, right, is, doesn't count doesn't against count. their eligibility. Yeah. So a freshman that came in this year, their clock doesn't start until next year. So there's no need to redshirt anybody (laughs) because they're getting a free year anyway. Now they all won't. I mean, all of them won't come back. Sure. But I was going to say, what's that going to do with uh, the individuals that have already signed up if a bunch of guys decide they're going to come back next year? Is that going to bump people out of uh, scholarship spaces? Uh, for the incoming class for 2021. Well, here's the good news for Illinois football. Well, one, no one signed anybody in football. And two, Illinois doesn't really have a ton of guys committed. And they, in fact, lost one today. Uh, Trevor Moffitt, a linebacker out of Florida, decommitted. Um, and can't say the class was terrific to begin with. So 
I mean, I guess when you're not recruiting well, the NCAA's okay. decision was was good for Illinois. In, and in, and in we don't sense. know if they will adjust the the scholarship number mm-hmm. to where you could have more than eighty five. Well, I think no. the seniors that this is the way I understand it. The seniors that decide to come back for an extra won't year count. won't count against right. the eighty five limit. Gotcha. Right. Eventually, oh. okay. programs will have to get back to that number. Um, so there'll be some, sometime this some conversation, there'll be some tough conversations had. Let's with just guys. aim for that goal in the 2020s. Just get to that number sometime in the next 10 years. Let's just okay. get out of 2020. That'd be great too. Please. Hey John, okay. thanks. Well, we thanks appreciate lot, it. Yeah. Okay. Good, good question. We appreciate the call. We'll take a time out at five thirty-eight. We'll keep that phone line open. If you'd like to join us, three, five, six, Nine three nine seven is the Monday here on D, um, the number on this Monday night sports talk show on DWS. Back after this, welcome back to the show. Heading towards six o'clock. Coming up tonight at seven o'clock. Right here is the Lovey Smith Show. Brian Barnhart and head coach Lovey Smith will be involved in that right here on News Talk fourteen hundred WDWS and Light Rock ninety seven point five WHMS as well. Phone line open, 356-9397. Let's go back to the phones and see what Eric has to say. Good afternoon, evening, Eric. Hey, good evening, guys. Uh, I was going to say a couple things. I wanted to mention that uh, that change that for the Big Ten, or not for the Big Ten, for the NCAA tournament, I, I think that's a brilliant idea. And, and in fact, there's like no reason to play in any kind of big arenas. <laughs> the smaller, the better, since you can't have any fans. Hinkle Fieldhouse ought to be the, uh, the home of the Final Four. I mean, like think back to Hoosiers, right? The movie. Yeah, I mean, that'd be uh, an ode to the history of the game, and um, I'm sure they'll still play it, though, at, at Lucas Oil Stadium because they could maybe do more sponsorships there and things for the, the TV camera and the viewing experience. But, yeah, I'd imagine you'd have to think that Hinkle Fieldhouse is in the rotation possibly to, to host some NCAA tournament games. Well, I think it's something like 10 of the 12 biggest high school basketball arenas, yeah. gyms, yeah. are in the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. Right, well. yeah. and, and within minutes of – downtown Indianapolis, I would guess. Yeah. And those, when you say the biggest, those are probably four or 5,000 seat arenas, but they'd be pretty good to, to use in this case. Yeah, I know there are some that are like also like 12,000 yeah. seat, which New just cast. shows you how much Indiana loves their basketball. Right. Yeah. And uh, uh, back to football, the Big Ten actually made a, a smart decision today where they're allowing teams to do like what, Penn, what the Pac-12 did when they had two teams cancel. They allowed them to play each other, Cal and uh, UCLA played, so now the Big Ten will do that if they come into the same kind of situation, which is really good if it happens to be a team playing Wisconsin, so their season doesn't get wiped out because that's going to be a that's a really good team right there, as you saw what they did to Michigan this weekend. Yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see. And uh, I mean, there's already more. Uh, I think there's four college football games scheduled this week that are already either postponed or, or canceled. And I'm I'm sure we're we're going to see more uh, that puts throughout it up the week. Over sixty now on the season. I yeah, think. I think it was fifty-eight or so after yeah. this past weekend. So yeah, it's, it's college football in 2020. Yes. Hey, Eric. And, thanks. And the last comment. All right. Oh, no, go go ahead. You got something else? Uh, the last comment I was going to make, Bob thought that line was a little high on the Nebraska thing. I think you're going to see a very similar result of the Minnesota game, almost identical, I would say. <laughs> That's my opinion. All right. Hey, we appreciate it. Thanks, Monday. Eric. What's that, Bob? I said call me back Monday if you're right, because I, I definitely agree with you. you know, that ends up being the case, but I, I do think it's a little high. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was going to be like 12, 10 and 12. 
So I think fourteen. Just tack 15. on four Not more points. What's the what's the worst that can? It do? might be down to fourteen by the time the game gets here. Who knows? But uh, it, yeah, it opened up. You know, one another line that kind of caught my eye, but didn't surprise me, was a battle of top ten teams, and Ohio State opened at twenty and a half point favorite over Indiana, and. Um, that, that, that's based on history. Exactly. That, that's what that. Yeah. That's in totally what that that line is. Is it's based on on history between the two programs? Because any other time you have a top ten showdown between right. two teams, you're you're not going to see that. But Indiana's just going to have to go out again and, and try to prove people wrong, like Tom Allen's team has has done all season. I'll ask you this. Upset alert for the. Oh, I was going to say upset alert for the Buckeyes. I think that game is a game. That's a dangerous game for them. Indiana is so much better than they think they are. That game is easily the game they can lose. And they're and they're really there. looking ahead to the following week against Illinois as well. Correct. So there you go, Matt. Yep. You nailed it. It's a trap game. Uh, is Justin Fields not playing? <laughs> like, did I miss that somewhere? He's good, but I'm telling you, Indiana is really, really good. Really, really, really good. Top ten for me. Number nine. So. That game going on at the exact same time as the Illinois-Nebraska game at 11 o'clock. By the way, uh, we don't have a time yet for the Ohio State game. The uh, TV networks are using their six-day window, so we won't know what time uh, that game will be until this time next week. So they're going to wait to see what happens on Saturday and then make that call in in terms of when uh, to expect the Buckeyes and the Illini to kick off here in Champaign. Yeah, I haven't looked at the... uh, rest of the schedule for that day but um it'll be a friday night game because iowa and nebraska, and nebraska play, always play that playing on friday so yeah that opens up another possible tv window okay bob i'm going to ask you the same question i asked you last week what in the wide world of sports is going on in ann arbor oh my goodness it, they're a mess they're they're the biggest mess Maybe in college football, I think, and I, there to me, there's no way Jim Harbaugh comes back next year. I'll be, that would be the most stunning thing. That'd be like me winning the Heisman Trophy. I mean, it's not going to happen. He can't come back. He's got to go. People there are disgusted, beyond disgusted. They're, and this is their favorite son, and this is the guy they really cared about. When you remember when they brought him back, it was like the Sabers here. The the you know the we got the Golden Child come back. And he can't do it. He can't win. He can't beat Michigan State. He can't be good. He can't beat Indiana. He can't beat any. Can't beat Wisconsin. He's done. So he's moving on. So the qu- only question is what he does next, and who they hire. He goes so and the coaches thing. the Lions. Now, I, I, now, <laughs> I, I can hire the. I'll hire the coach right now. Let me. G- I'll give you the coach right now, and and mark this down. This will be, I'd say, ninety nine percent correct. Matt Campbell is the next coach at Michigan. Matt Campbell. Mark it down. Okay. My, um, one of my best friends and the, the best man at my wedding years ago, I was best man at his as well, he grew up in Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Of course, I grew up not far from Columbus, so mm-hmm. it's remarkable that we've remained <laughs> friends all these years, but we have. I, I thought about calling him today, but I just couldn't, <laughs> couldn't bring myself to do it because uh, usually when we talk about uh, the game, mm-hmm. it's been competitive lately, but uh, I hate to... To rub it in, although that won't stop me at some point. But I just felt so bad 
on how he was feeling. Yeah, you just have to think with with, with Jim Harbaugh. I mean, he like Bob said, he, he came into Ann Arbor with so much fanfare and, and so much love, and, and I think people were going to designate him, you know, kind of coach for life there in, in Michigan. And, and just something in the last couple seasons just seems to have transpired, whether it's a, a disconnect with his players. I mean, recruiting's been solid, if not above average, during his time there. So it really comes down to just – playing the game on the on the he's field and, and he's not they're just they're they're not very good and uh, i he's a real guy well yeah but i i think you could say that probably about every college football coach bob like they all well, have their one. idiosyncrasies right. and and flaws and sure. you know paranoia that is is out there that seems to be kind of be a prerequisite for the job but it just seems like there's just there's there's something off there between harbaugh and his players and, and his schemes and, and what they really want to try to accomplish because yeah, you could say, okay, Michigan State came in and pulled a stunner, which it was. I mean, Michigan State is not very good under Mel Tucker, but they went at Michigan. But then, okay, Indiana and Wisconsin, yes, those teams are in the top 25. But, I mean, Wisconsin took them to the woodshed on, on Saturday night, and Indiana won for the first time in 33 years uh, against Michigan. So there's big problems in Ann Arbor, and, and Ward Manuel, I'm sure, has got his list close to him and, and maybe already started to look for – you know who who the next guy is to replace Harbaugh. There's one for Matt you, Bob. Campbell. If they if they take Matt Campbell, does Matt Campbell take Nathan Shieldhouse with him to Ann Arbor, or yeah. does Illinois try to figure out a way to get him back on the staff here? No, I think I think Nathan Shieldhouse is with Matt Campbell. So when he moves, Nathan moves. So and Nathan, I, you know, I'll tell you guys, you guys, you realize he changed positions, right? So he's with the running, running backs now, or no, with the receivers now. That's mm-hmm. a better deal. He was with running backs. That's not and no offense to Mike Bellamy, but receivers is closer to the offensive coordinator type situation. So I think that's that's setting up Nathan for long term advancement. And I tell you, look at him, how young he is, where he already is. He's gonna be head coach surely by forty, maybe by thirty five. Well, so and, and, and yeah. sure, Matt Campbell is, you know, the, the, the big name that's starting out there, I'd say anytime there's a, an opening at a, a huge blue blood program out there in the midwest at all but if you're matt campbell though is the michigan outside of the money and the prestige and the history is is michigan a better job right now than iowa state I yes think, by 100 miles yes yes not even close yes of course it is it's michigan it's michigan. yeah but There's michigan's really bad now bob the, like they're not any no, good no, it's it's the tradition. They were the winning school in college football. That's history. really helping them win games right now. Doesn't help now, but you have the right guy. They hold their stadium holds a hundred thousand. They always felt you can't have I mean, fans there no, now. It's it, right, but when you can, I'm telling you, three years from now you'll look back at the. Oh, I'm saying three years. Let's say let's say Matt Campbell goes there and wins, takes him to the citrus, couple citrus bowls and the orange bowls, and then in year five and six. He stumbles and doesn't have a good start to the season. You're in the same position that you're in now with Harbaugh. Yeah, they'll go back to trying to find a Michigan. Yeah, man. he'll go back to trying to find a Michigan man for whatever that means. Well, they, this guy is close enough. No, it's a much. It's, I have said it's a great job now, better job than it ever was because of Matt Campbell. But this, you know, Michigan calls you. It's like when Self got the call from Kansas. He was doing great Illinois. He turned Illinois into a really good program. But if he stayed here for Kansas, that would have been a mistake. Yeah, but Kansas was just coming off a trip to the national title game when Roy Williams left. I, I mean, Michigan's not going to go to a I'm bowl game you. right now if they keep there's, playing this there's, way. There's five programs 
There's five programs in the country. If they call you, you go. That's one of them. Ohio State's one of them. Uh, Alabama's one of them. Used to be Southern Cal. They're not there anymore. But those three for sure. They used to be I'll Nebraska. Now them. Used to be Penn State. There's, there's yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just, I just think if, if you're Matt Campbell and you can have any pick of jobs you want in the country given your success at Iowa State, and again, I'm not saying Iowa State's going to – if he stays at Iowa State for the next 20 seasons, he's going to have top 25 team every year. But on the surface right now, I don't know present day – how you could argue that Michigan is a better job than Ohio State and, and not have – besides – again, I again I give you the money and the history of the program. It He's going to get paid a lot more right. money in Ann Arbor than he is in Ames, Iowa. And the history of the program is better. But far. current day, Iowa State is a better program you than can, Michigan. Here's the difference. You can recruit in Michigan much better players than you can recruit in Iowa State. Well, it's not really helping them on the field. I understand that, but the right coach, I don't think Harbaugh is the right coach. He didn't know he's doing or didn't care or something's wrong. You're right, he's off. But this guy, Matt Campbell, the one that I have seen where nobody could win consistently, he's going to win. He go, I promise, he goes to Michigan. He's in the national title game in five years. We'll, I talk, uh, say that right now. we'll talk for a minute about something else, <laughs> the Masters. Mm-hmm. Did you guys watch Ooh. the Masters over the weekend? A lot of fun watching that, and in my view, just Dustin Johnson, number one player going in, just kind of took it apart, 20 under par in 2020. Yeah, it was a, a great performance by him, and, and kudos to him for you know winning his first green jacket. And uh, too bad you know the fans weren't there to, to witness it, but uh, hopefully, if things improve in this country in five months or so, when the Masters is set to tee off again, that uh, there'll be a lot more people down there at Augusta. Tiger Woods proved he was human by taking a <laughs> 10 on a par 3, but what impressed me awesome. what impressed me the most about that situation is what he did right after that. He birdied five of the last six holes, got it back to under par. He could have just mailed it in from that point, but uh, I thought that was an excellent example of 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 what golf does to you and what it makes you, how it makes you respond. And I thought he really stepped up on that, Scott. Yeah, I mean, that, you shoot a 10 and then what kind of, I mean, what kind of drive do you have to, right. to birdie five of the next six? I thought, the one side I thought was just wild was he did played, was it 24,000 some holes of golf and PGA events? Never had a 10. Never had a 10. Yeah. So it just, that's more just telling of his legacy right. as one of the top players in the game of all time. But yeah, I was I, mean, I was rooting for Tiger again this year. Uh, just and after his opening round, I thought, I mean, yeah, he was right there in the mix of things. Need to take one final break. We'll do that. Uh, stand by, Bob. We need to get one more break in here, and then we'll be back with some final words after this. We've got about a minute left here on Monday Night Sports Talk. Bob Osmussen, tell me what you're working on this week. Lots of more football I were to come, but uh, Doug Kramer threw off. All right. What about you, Mr. Ritchie? Eight days to basketball season. Yeah, so uh, believe it or not, I'll be writing about a lot of basketball <laughs> in the next eight days, uh, including we'll have a sort of not quasi-season preview special section next Wednesday. Yeah, so that'll that'll take up some of my time this week. You want to mention a podcast or anything? Oh, yeah. You know, I did record <laughs> episode 125 of Inside Illini Basketball this morning, and it is available everywhere you get your podcasts. Good job, Scott.
Thank good, you, Steve. Good job, Matthew, in keeping these guys in line. No, you do. You keep us in line every Monday night, so thank <laughs> you, Steve. That's going to take care of things on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Don't forget, Lovey Smith Show comes up an hour from now with Brian Barnard. Have a good night, everybody. A warning to the president from the president-elect. More people may die if we don't coordinate. More positive news about a COVID-19 vaccine. The results of this trial are truly striking. 